Hello everyone and welcome to What Do You Do When You Don't Know What To Do, the podcast where we learn valuable life lessons through stories of growth. I'm your host, Alexander Chappelle. On today's episode, we are going to be continuing with the relationship theme. My previous episode uh, was about my, my experience going through my first breakup and the lessons that I learned along the way. Uh, and today, I want to talk about long-distance relationships. I have a good friend of mine who is going to be trying a long-distance relationship for the first time. Uh, I'm not 100% sure how long he and his partner have been dating. Uh, close to a year, I think? I don't quite remember. But regardless, um, he he's going out of state to school, and he was previously home because of COVID. Uh, and, and now he's going to be, you know, a thousand plus miles away and and that comes with some challenges and seeing as I had that experience freshman year my my now ex-girlfriend and I uh, did that my freshman year of college I was in Arizona and she was back here in Colorado I learned a thing or two and I compiled some lessons that I shared with him that I now want to share with you all listening uh, in case they prove helpful to you so I have a, a note uh, uh, um, just a something in the notes app on my phone where I just reflected and, and pulled out some some random things and thoughts uh, and I'd like to share those with you starting now. <laughs> so let's just jump right in. I guess lesson number one here, recognize that the commitment you're about to make is, is large and, and recognize that you're about to make a sacrifice. It will be difficult, you will get lonely, you will miss your girlfriend or boyfriend you will wish for their warmth and their comfort and and that smile and and you you just you you want them to be there. I know that sounds obvious, but it will happen many times and that will happen especially when you are feeling low. However, when this process is done together as a team, it can be extremely rewarding. You can actually become a lot closer and stronger together because you're going through this shared difficult experience. It's something you can bond over. Moving into number two here, communication. This should really be number one. Communication is paramount, absolutely vital. It is key. You must communicate uh, and, and, and be honest with each other. I remember that my ex and I would FaceTime almost every single day. Uh, we would send each other little surprise gifts in the mail, a combination of, of texting and, and written letters and speaking on the phone, video chatting, uh, and, and little gifts in the mail, essentially trying to make it feel like your, your presence is still there. Even though you're not physically there, you can still be a part of their lives and, and be an important and significant part of their lives. Two specific things that I can give you in terms of communication and, and physical gifts and, and physical communication. Uh, one thing my ex did for me was she, she gave me an open when box. And this was basically like the size of a shoe box full of different envelopes with occasions on them. So it would say, for example, uh, open on your first day of school or open when you, you've had a bad day or open when you're really stressed out or even certain holidays like open on Halloween and you can guess there's obviously candy in that one uh, open on Thanksgiving because I wasn't able to come home for Thanksgiving my freshman year so that was nice to have you know a little bit a little touch of home 
so the open when box is, is really fun. It's a chance for you to get creative. You can definitely do things that are meaningful to you and your partner. Uh, and, and again, it's another way to feel their presence there with you. And, and one thing I did with those uh, open when letters or envelopes is I would record a video every single time I opened one and then I would send it to her. So it was kind of like we, we were in it together, like we both had our own part of it. And I think that was that, that was very successful. I, I thoroughly enjoyed opening those and they always put a smile on my face and I liked putting a smile on her face by sending her those videos so she could see my reaction. One thing I did for her, uh, kind of my unique contribution, uh, was was something that I called the the Jesse Journal. So my ex girlfriend's name was Jesse, uh, and I liked the alliteration, the JJ. Uh, but basically, what this was uh, was a a conglomeration of reflections of every single date that we had been on. So I think we went on our first or second date, and then afterwards, I I came up with this idea to do a little journal entry, like a diary entry, after every single time we we hung out. It didn't it didn't even have to be like a quote unquote official date. It could be literally like we we got we, we had lunch together during our off period in high school. Like I would I would still write that down and I'd talk about what happened, how I felt about it, and and just just kind of I mean like a like a journal like a diary you're just <laughs> reflecting upon the experience, and in the end I don't exactly remember, I think I had I had well over a hundred entries, uh, and and I I made a point of handwriting them and I because I wanted her to have this physical book this physical journal uh, that that she could hold in her hands and flip through the pages and read back when, whenever she wanted to. This is kind of the same philosophy that I have about letters. Uh, letters are, are super important to me. They kind of hold a special place in my heart. Uh, and, and I use them for meaningful communication that will stay alive in a physical form. I think you can send very meaningful messages over text or over the phone. But there's something to be said about the longevity of, of written word. Like, for example... I have some really nice messages that my friends wrote to me in my high school senior yearbook, uh, and I still go back to them every once in a while, especially when I'm home or, or just like when, when I need a boost, right? Or when I feel like I'm kind of losing sight of who I am or losing sight of my identity. I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but though those words are powerful and, and really important, and you can have that same effect on your significant other. All right, let's bring it back to center here. Uh, we'll move on to the third thing I have written down, third lesson, third tip. Eat food together on FaceTime. You can have little video dates, right? Uh, I would often go out to, when, when I was with, with my partner, I would often go out with her to eat. <laughs> so we basically just replicated that as best we could. We would both pick a restaurant. It's like, oh, let's, let's both get Chick-fil-A and then we'll eat together on, on FaceTime. Again, it's this idea of trying to, trying to minimize the distance as much as possible, to, to still be connected despite the, obviously, physical <laughs> location differences. 
Number four is to send some heartfelt messages for them to wake up to. This is an area where time zone differences can actually be somewhat advantageous because <laughs> you, you might be able to stay up a little bit later uh, and then send them a message that they can wake up to. And again, it's just this idea of, of showing that you're thinking about them, showing that your presence is still there even though just not physically. Number five, uh, this one is very hyper specific, but it was extremely helpful. Get some Bluetooth earbuds for, for your phone calls and for your FaceTime calls. Uh, they really help with communication overall because it frees up your hands. You can set your phone down and have your camera on and, and like for example with the, uh, the, the, what's it called? I'm blanking. The, the food date <laughs> where, you're, where you're eating together. Uh, you can use both your hands. And if you're, if you're doing something like maybe you're, you're studying or you're working or whatever, or maybe you're cleaning and, and you still want to talk to them, you can have your phone set down and still be able to hear them. And, and a microphone will be on the earbuds so they'll be able to hear you all right. Uh, and Bluetooth earbuds are just nice to have in general, even outside of long distance dating. So get some nice Bluetooth earbuds. You won't regret it. <laughs> Moving on to the next one here, I think I think this is number six. I'm kind of losing count. Uh, but if you live with roommates, make sure to communicate to them that you're probably going to be on your phone a lot, typically at night. This is something that uh, that was kind of my own fault that I didn't do with my freshman year roommate. Uh, I, I never really communicated that clearly to him. We never really set up that expectation in the beginning of the year. So eventually he, uh, understandably, kind of became annoyed by it, but he never said anything. He never talked to me, so we're kind of both at fault. But regardless, it kind of it, it built up tension until it boiled over into this big issue, uh, and, and we could have just avoided that if we made the dynamic clear in the beginning and established that mutual respect, right? You should be willing to go to a study lounge or go somewhere outside if, if they want to stay in the room, right? Especially if you're, if you're living in, like my freshman year, there were two beds in the same room. Like there was no common area. Uh, so if that's your situation, be willing to make some compromises, make some sacrifices, because uh, it's not all about you. Next one over here. Uh, this one might seem kind of obvious, but it is very powerful. It's also can be kind of difficult but visit each other whenever possible. I know this can be expensive, but this will always give you something to look forward to and will definitely help the time pass. Thankfully, the distance flying, at least, from Arizona to Colorado and back is not very far. It's like a two-hour flight, and it doesn't cost that much money. So we would typically see each other about every month, maybe every four to six weeks, something like that. Uh, and, and we would kind of flip back and forth. So it's like I would I would come home to Colorado. She would come visit me in Arizona. And, and that was really nice. Like I said, it helps it helps give you a countdown. Uh, and, and especially like the week leading up to it, it gets super exciting. And, and you can just you feel this energy. Right. And, and that's that's really powerful. The the moments leading up to that and, and especially the moment when you do meet up, it's it's incredible. It's like euphoric. Like you're just, you're like, is this, is this even real? Like you're here in a 3D space, and I'm like, 
I'm touching your face and you're actually here. Like, <laughs> it's if if you've all seen the movie Secret Life of Walter Mitty, there's the scene where he jumps out of the helicopter, but he jumps off the wrong side and he falls into the ocean, and then he gets saved and he's like touching the guy's face in the boat and he's like, oh my god, you're you're real. <laughs> it's it's basically that moment when you when you see your significant other. However, the downside is when they leave. It is absolutely crushing. I, I remember it's just the, this, this moment of watching them walk away into airport security. Oh, it's, it's soul crushing. It's heartbreaking. It's awful. It sucks. But with proper communication, with everything else that I've talked about, and with the commitment you're making and, and the recognition that things will be okay, you'll make it through, right? And, and one, one key tip here, don't act like it's the end of the world when they leave. Obviously recognize that it's difficult and you wish they could stay and you wish you could still be together, but recognize that that's not the last time you're ever going to see them, right? And this goes back to the idea of the countdown. You can count down to the next time you see them. Obviously you can still talk to each other on the phone. You can still FaceTime you'll still be able to have contact with them. It's not like they're, they're going off into the wilderness for the next six weeks and you will, won't hear from them again. It's just the, the physical aspect of your relationship will be on pause for another however long. Uh, another important tip here, another important lesson that I learned, don't lose yourself in this process. This, this one is tricky. If I'm being completely honest with myself, I think freshman year, I kind of held myself back socially, not to toot my own horn, be egotistical or whatever, but I've always felt like I kind of had school under lock. That doesn't mean school has always come easily to me. I've worked very hard, but I kind of, I have my system. I can rely on, on the fact that it's like I'm relatively good at academics, right? And I almost buried myself in that and didn't really go out that much. I got involved with athletics. If you go to ASU, you might be familiar with 942 crew. I did a lot with 942 crew, but I didn't go to a single party. Uh, I didn't join any like Greek life or anything like that. I rarely went to social events. And I think looking back now, it's, it's kind of coming back to, to burn me now, right? Uh, I want to change that. I, I think I've talked about this on, on previous podcast episodes, but I'm looking to, to change my kind of social atmosphere. But relating this back to you, I would say, obviously respect your partner. Like, don't, don't go flirting with other people. But don't be a friend to make friends with other people. Uh, I, I don't think it's inappropriate to, if you're a guy to make some female friends and vice versa uh, because you you want a, a good social atmosphere <laughs> it's it, you can't you can't put your own life on pause waiting to see your significant other you know you you still have to live right don't lose yourself in that process Next lesson here, I think this one's pretty important. I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier with my airport security scene. 
but long distance relationships have extremely high highs and crushing low lows. I've been painting somewhat of an extreme picture here, but I also think it's important to offer the flip side. I was able to find some peace and stop worrying so much, right? Trust the process. Take comfort in the commitment that you and your partner have made and believe in your ability to make it work. Like I mentioned earlier, you, you're, you're creating a new norm, you're creating a new process, and you can find comfort in, in that process. Next tip here, I think this is another important one. I mean, all of these are important, but <laughs> uh, if, if things don't work out exactly like you envisioned, you had this idea of how long distance would go, and perhaps it's not really living up to that vision. I would say don't immediately give up, but also don't force anything that is causing more harm than good. The way to ride this line is honest communication. This is why the communication is so important. If, if you feel like you are losing yourself or you feel like you're losing your partner, that's a really difficult conversation to have, but an important one. Because if it goes unsaid, if you just keep it bottled up inside, the fact that you have that distance will only exacerbate the problem. It will, it will increase the magnitude until it perhaps becomes a deal-breaking problem. So make sure to, to talk about how you're feeling and, and be honest with your feelings. And finally, this one's kind of related to that equally as important. You need to recognize and accept that your relationship will change. There, there's just no getting around that. It will change. There will be a pre-long distance and a during-slash-post-long distance. Things will, things will change. Things will be different. I, I don't think that it will be entirely different, but you, you, you might experience some changes in a positive direction, like maybe you'll appreciate the time you have together more. Uh, you might experience some changes in a negative direction that... I know it's kind of a scary thought, but but maybe you you lose some of that flame, right? And it's 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 a difficult balance. I think overall, if I were to to put a wrap up statement on this, I'd say long distance is almost always worth a shot because it's it comes back to this larger idea of risk versus regret, right? Would would you rather give it a shot? And then a month down the line be like, yeah, that didn't work out. And, and that kind of hurts. Or would you rather never risk that pain uh, and always be asking, what if? I think especially with a, a loving partner, that what if can be excruciating. So long distance, I'd say if, if you, you have to both agree upon it, right? You have to both be very clear. It's like, we both want to try this. And you kind of set up the dynamic together so there's a mutual understanding. If you're both on that page, I'd say go for it. But recognize that even though you're setting out this plan, you're going to kind of have to improvise and fly by the seat of your pants a little bit. But that's okay. It, like I said, it, it's extremely high highs, extremely low lows. But when, when done together, when done with communication and coordination, it can be quite rewarding. So I hope that listening to the past 20 minutes or so 
and, and listening to these lessons has given you some, some good tips, some good advice that you can implement, perhaps even made you feel a little bit more at ease if you're about to head into a long distance relationship. And if you have been in a long distance relationship before and, and you have some tips of your own that I perhaps missed, go ahead and, and send me an email and, and perhaps I can do a follow-up episode about this and, and add some more tips to it. But yeah, in summation, I hope this was helpful. Uh, I hope this gave you some peace and clarity. Thank you for listening and I will see you in the next episode.